Hoffaday, welcome back to the Guam Guy Show. That's the least I've cringy I've been when I've said that. <laughs> Today's episode is, I guess, all things hiking. We're here in Southern Mountain Gear Store in Hagatnya. I'm joined with Dan Holmes. Do you pronounce the L or is it just Holmes without the L? Holmes. Yeah. Holmes with the L. Yep. Okay, cool. And uh, Reed Taposnia, uh hiking extraordinaire. Like, um, you know, I've been I've been on the trails basically my whole life, so I'm. I guess you could say I'm not easily super impressed with like people out there or anything. Not that I need to be impressed or anything, but uh, like that guy impresses me to another level. This guy <laughs> impresses me to another level. And his wife, Erin, who's over at the register who refuses to be on camera, is also an extremely impressive woman. <laughs> yes, I'm shouting you out. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us, guys. Thanks for joining me. Um, so, right, we're here in the Southern Mountain Gear store. I guess you got Dan. You got a lot of people walking in. It's they're new on island, or they haven't been on island too long, or even maybe you've had some born and raised locals walking in the store. They want to get into hiking. Um, what, what do you what do you say to them? Um, I mean, I the first thing we were gonna do is we're just gonna introduce ourselves. You know, we want to find out who's you know who's coming into our shop for the first time, and we want to find out why they're here. You know, are are they here because they're looking for some trail shoes, or are they here because they heard there's a cool store that was selling? You know, selling gooder sunglasses and pit vipers and, <laughs> and all sorts of fun, colorful stuff that you're seeing out on the trails. So, as a matter of like, uh, let's say, yeah, with the trails. So they they've never been on a trail and they want to get on trails. What do you, uh, what do you, uh, what kind of advice do you have for them? So we're gonna we're gonna probably first and foremost, I'd say, is just to find out what kind of gear they're gonna be wearing out on the trails, mm -hmm. and also to find out where they're going. Um, that's gonna kind of dictate what kind of gear they need to be using. Um, most of the stuff that we carry in the store is going to be stuff that uh, Aaron and myself have, have used. Um, we're, we're using the opportunity to bring gear in that we can try and test, and then that way we can push it to our friends and, and the, the, the patrons because and, and, we know it's going to work for, for what Guam uh, has to offer. It's, Guam is such a unique island that it's, um, it's not... It's not, you know, it's not easy hiking. to classify. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not like, you know, there's a lot of people that are hikers in Colorado and, and the Guam trails are not, you know, the, the mountains of Colorado. They're, they're totally different, different challenges, different things you got to look out for. And, mm -hmm. and that's what makes it. Yeah, uh, I've been in my, my wife's Korean and I've been climbing mountains out there and stuff. And, you know, the trails are well marked. They're developed. There's stairs in the, the hard places. There's railings and so on. And then, uh, so I, I would literally feel comfortable doing a lot of these barefoot or just, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, just, or just Zoris and just make sure I have enough hydration and stuff and first aid kit, of course. But um, yeah, Guam is, is pretty wild. So I guess, Reed, um, you, you take out a lot of first timers I, from what I just see on your Facebook and your videos and um, first timers to like super veteran status like hikers and trekkers out there. So how do, how do you approach taking um, new people out? What do you what do you tell them? You know, if if I'm taking a new person out, I kind of look at. Um, I always ask, what's the budget? Mm -hmm. You know, and and what is their um, priorities? Do they want this to be something ongoing? So I always recommend uh, if I feel that that they have no limits. Of course, come down to Southern Mountain Gear. Mm -hmm. And number one thing I always recommend is you got to get a shoe. Mm. And um, I'll elaborate on the shoe part, but if they just want to try it out with the family and kids, so okay, the old sneakers will work. And as soon as they start falling down, you kind of like 
get into the conversation with them while you're out in the hike, you know, while they're enjoying it. Like, I think you should invest in a shoe and you see the outcome of how much easier. Because with a really good shoe, you can, uh, it helps your cardio and everything, you know. If you think about every step you fall down, it takes like, you're sliding, it takes like two, three strides to get back up. That is maybe five, ten feet, you could have been a lot farther on your actual hike. So when they invest in a shoe, a proper shoe, when I mean a proper shoe, um, if, if you go per se, get a $55 shoe, by the time you replace it three times, it's no different than buying the shoe down here at Southern Mountain Gear. The only difference is as the shoe wears, it becomes part of you. Mm -hmm. Where a new shoe, you have to adjust. So three new shoes you're adjusting versus one shoe you've been hiking and you know its limits. And, and the beauty about these shoes, I, I wasn't a believer at the first. And, uh, <laughs> I wasn't a believer and, and I just kept, uh, you know, preaching about my trail shoes from A6. I say A6, the Japanese say A6. Mm -hmm. But I was such a firm believer because I would go in and out of the water and the trails and they're really good for um, river. But um, as Erin decided to size my foot up, <laughs> And she's like, you should really try this. And uh, I, 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 took a, I took a chance, a really big chance, and I was so impressed that I actually cut my times down on hikes. So mm -hmm. I, I, I tested it. Like one example was um, going down is the best way to test your shoes, mm -hmm. right? Or a night hike because it's all slippery. So I tested the shoes on a night hike, and I was surprised that I didn't fall down, which was really impressive. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other one was... Coming down, um, say, uh, I don't know if you guys know it as Rain Gauge. I call it Rain Gauge Trail, but it's the Southern Mountain uh, Trail up towards, left is towards, uh, the crosses, right is towards the Southern Mountain. Anyway, I decided to test it. Um, I did eight minutes down, you know. Eight? Eight minutes down. And, and that's, that was like, that's not trying to um, hurt myself. It's just the Sounds shoes. Like <laughs> the shoes. The shoes. The shoes really, really has the bite. I mean, it, it'll it'll give you enough to control your balance on top versus slipping and sliding. Let's see. I, and, I, I've uh, run up to the crosses in like 21 minutes. If I ran down, it'd probably be like 16. So you like you did half of that. Like yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, the shoe really speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. And um, on uh, another example, we were on a boonie stomp and. Mm -hmm. I told the rest of my other leaders, I'm going to go fly down and check it out. And I did uh, Schroeder and 10 down. Yeah. And that's Whoa. safely, right? Safely for me. And then uh, when I got down there, I noticed the next week everybody was wearing the same shoe. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's what the shoes does. It, it also speaks for itself, you know. But uh, since I bought the shoes here, I honestly think that referring everybody, here, here's the issue. People talk about Amazon, they talk about ordering. Mm -hmm. Problem with ordering is your, your feet might hurt. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be on a four-hour hike and your feet's hurting because mm -hmm. you're done after that. So what was my suggestion is always to buy your shoe on hand, whether you got to pay up front for the shipping. And you can always ask Dan for discount. Mm -hmm. And uh, Aaron <laughs> would give a huge discount if you say, wow, Reed referred me down here to get a pair of shoes. I want to try to beat my times. She'll give you a good discount. But, um, yeah, the shoes makes a big difference. It, it helped my cardio. And we'll get on that subject because uh, I do have a cardio instructor. If mm -hmm. people don't know, Erin is my cardio instructor. She helps me uh, figure out my uh, uh, everything from electrolytes. So when I first started hiking, I didn't know much about electrolytes. It was just get out there and do it. No excuses. They're what plants crave, right? 
<laughs> yeah. So she she taught me a lot about electrolytes, and um, since then it's like I I have no limit. Only limit is my mind. Mm. Yeah. Southern Mountain Gear. You, yeah. you know, you know, we're, we're diving in really fast, talking about shoes and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. One thing I was wondering, you mind grabbing just a pair of those mud claws real quick? I just want to mm -hmm. show people kind of what we're talking about because yeah, you can just walk around and pass it. <laughs> <laughs> I try to get her on camera. <laughs> so, I mean, when we're talking about a good trail shoe, I mean, we're talking about something with, with, with lugs. I mean, this is, this is not your typical no. New Balance or, or, you know, Nike Ross. shoe. I mean, yep. we're, we're talking about something that's, that's got a lot of tread and it's going to get you up and down the hills. Um, but, you know, we're, we're talking about the shoes, but kind of what you alluded to earlier, when people come into the shop, you know, we're, we're, trying to figure out what they're going to be wearing out on the trails and it's because we want people to be safe out on the trails yes um, so one of the things that we really like to press on uh, people is long sleeve shirts are great to deal with the sword grass um, and the sun and and the sun yeah um, long pants or sock you know long socks gloves are great um, especially if you're going to be doing any of these climbs that require uh, ropes um, San Carlos Falls, um, Lower Sigua Falls, uh, SETI 7, another mm. great example. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you definitely want uh, to get some good grip so you can get up and down these ropes safely. Um, and then, obviously, there's the stuff that, uh, things like water, you know, hydration, snacks, fuel, um, just other things, bug spray, um, you know, suntan lotion if, if you need it. Those are the kinds of things that we really want to make sure people are going out and they have when they go. Yeah, it, it, it's funny because like I'm I'm a hundred percent with you guys, but also a horrible hypocrite about this. So like I, I generally will hike in my Zoris, but I have special Zoris. I don't actually know where they are. I left them somewhere in the store, but uh, <laughs> they have like tread underneath and on top and like so these are like japanese like tuna fishermen zoris and like so they have like bumps on top too so like if it's dry out and i and i know the trail is going to be dry i'll wear that but if there's any hints of rain if i knew it rained the day before like an easy hike a super easy hike can turn into like a solid medium hike with just how slippery things can get for sure and so i'm i'm i'm, I'm such a hypocrite on this but when i take anybody out i'll be like you need to wear shoes just period you have to wear shoes and there's like somebody else shows up like Farron I got these no 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 you change into your shoes like right now because um we you, we've seen it all the time I'm sure you're um I don't think we've been oh yeah we we've been hiking together for the first time recently and we'll we'll come back to that but uh yeah or yeah damn we've been hiking too uh like ghost cave area yeah 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 and like but we, you see it all the time um people just like will slip with both of their shoes or you'll slip and a shoe will fly off or you're you're slipping inside your shoes if they're not um fitting right or, or anything like that so it's it's actually it's a huge huge consideration mm -hmm. um because one like there's i guess there's really just two components to safe hiking there's like knowing the trail and then knowing yourself absolutely and even if you don't know the trail, the very minimum you can do is kind of know yourself and your capability and be properly prepared, whether it's shoes, whether it's hydration and electrolytes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess anything else in this realm? This is probably like the longest conversation about, about shoes so far <laughs> that men have had. <laughs> I mean, so we've had, was that, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. <laughs> but it makes total sense, yeah. You, you make a great point about knowing yourself and what, mm -hmm. you know, what you're capable of out on trail. I mean, there's some there's some people that go out and they hike barefoot, 
and they, they, <coughs> Linda they, they still do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, or, uh, Hi, Linda. <laughs> or, uh, or, or, or Roman from Fokai. You know, he, he, he went and uh, hiked Meppo with us, and you know he was he was barefoot the whole time. Mm. And uh, but those guys, I mean, they're the they know what their limits are. They know what their capabilities are. Mm. And, and me, and me too with my that. Zoris. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Uh, did you have something, Reed? Yeah, I'll elaborate. You know, with Good. the I know we're the same subject, but with the shoes, if um, families with, say, a certain age group with kids, the advice I give the parents is, if you invest in a quality shoe, the shoe can be, they're so good they can actually last the hand down. Mm -hmm. You know, so oh. yeah, so you're really mm -hmm. investing long term. Mm -hmm. The shoes could be passed down, and and the now back to us adults, like it, it, when I use a shoe from like when I buy here. As these wear, mm -hmm. um, one trick I learned from Dan and Erwin is that now that they're, uh, what would you call it, like the sizing, the gauging of the size of the threads, mm -hmm. as they get lower now, they actually become better for the river hmm. because now they're, they're a little bit lower and wider. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is an older shoe, I use it for my river treks. Where the newer shoes, I use it on the mountain, mm -hmm. on uh, red dirt. So the shoe becomes from... Average two years here, I, I still got some of my shoes, actually. I, I haven't got rid of any of my shoes that I got purchased from no, here. Nothing's hanging up on the, uh, nothing, on the line in the shop. Nothing here. is hanging up. <laughs> I mean, I clean them out, and I'm like, okay, how long is this hike? Is it, is it majority river? So I grab the older shoe, which is still intact, and it works out versus the newer ones. I want to slam everything. And I, I've actually, every shoe I purchased here, I haven't got rid of it, but how's that? And the friends that I've helped out, and uh, Dan knows I sponsor some shoes and help some hikers get started, they still got the shoes, and the only thing I ask them is hand it to somebody else if you're not going to hike anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Because the shoes go a long way. And then with the kids, on the issue with the kids, it's like I told the parents, is it worth the, the hospital bill on stitches? Mm. You know, because mm -hmm. it costs more versus getting a really good pair of shoes. So that, I'll end the shoes with that subject, right? <laughs> okay, uh, hospital shoes. bills, yeah. <laughs> All right, shoot. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll, we'll talk about uh, one particular trail that uh, you and I, um, as our, as our first time, like really uh, kind of hanging out for any amount of time. We first met for like, uh, I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute on the uh, uh, trench mud, or what's it called trench. now? Trench, trench, trench challenge, challenge now. Sure. Yeah, trench challenge trail. We ah! Reed. Sorry, man, nice to meet you. Yeah. How's it, man? Get it on. Oh, yeah. I just think I did enough mud. Waiting for the team. What do you mean, bro? Yeah, you too. We locked eyes and we're all like instant respect, bro. Like yeah. <laughs> we see each other on so social I like media. This guy. I know this guy. I like this <laughs> now, guy. Now we meet in person, yeah. and so that led to uh, just I guess some messages back and forth, and we started uh, doing uh, what we call like uh, extreme cleanups, um, and then uh, you you had offered to you know help somehow, and then um you know it started the extreme cleanup started with rope climbing and 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 some dives. And then I'm like, you know, there's some trails that could definitely use attention. And you're a, a, a Guam Boonie Stomper uh, leader, yes? Correct. Yeah. correct yeah. And so I'm like, hey, that's perfect. Why don't I? And so why don't I try to think of something that you know we can do together that you know is hiking or boonie stomping related and is a people use of people's time. It's something people are doing anyway. And let's try to, you know. You know, it's more than enough purpose just to get out there, but just do a little bit more and maybe give back to the trail and do a cleanup. So I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and play a video um, from our first uh, collab and uh, first of many to come. One, two, three. 
Oh, extreme! <laughs> We're on our way to Tanago Falls for our cleanup, and yes, that is scuba gear. I was a little nervous about this cleanup, but I actually could not be happier with the turnout of around 20 awesome people. Our plan was to go straight to the falls and enjoy ourselves there for a bit and then pick up trash on the way back. These guys really pleasantly surprised me because they found trash I couldn't even see. Most of the garbage though was right by the trailhead so while the group was hustling, the Get and I broke out our off-road dolly from ERC to get the bigger stuff like this huge freezer and then some other white goods we were not happy to see but more than happy to take out. I don't even know how much stuff we got. A whole bunch of tires, several bags of trash, there's a truck bumper, a refrigerator, two deep freezers, and a water heater. Uh, remember guys, every time you uh, litter, the Tatamona clogs the toilet. There's actually a toilet right there. Ah! <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so uh, Tanago Falls, I would rate that just as a, a solid easy, but you know, with all of our ratings, right, they all come with an asterisk, as you're alluding to at the start, Dan. And uh, how long would this take, a, I guess, an a family? How long would this take a family? Um, one way and, and round trip? Like the Tanago Falls hike? Yeah. Um, it's probably, I mean, if you've got some little kids, it's going to probably take you half an hour to get down to the falls. Okay. Um, and then out, back out, since you're going to be going uphill, it's going to take a little bit longer. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it is, it is one of the easier hikes that we recommend. Uh, that, maybe Priest Pools is also another great, mm -hmm. like, intro hike. See something really beautiful on the island. Uh, Fonte Dam is another, another mm. good one. Mm -hmm. um, that a lot of like the the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts they do that as a hike, and I think they've actually sponsored that uh, that trailhead, or there was a park yeah. Out there, I think right? they discovered it or yeah. rediscovered it, yeah, after like decades of being overgrown and so on, right? Um, so yeah, like solid easy hike, except when it's wet. When it's wet, that red dirt just becomes <laughs> this slippery madness <laughs> that. Uh, Sometimes it doesn't matter what shoe you wear, you're still gonna, you're still, you, you, it's still easy to wipe out. Or maybe it's just I never tried one of these shoes. <laughs> uh, like Reed, if it's the slipperiest slipperiness that you encounter, is that Reed? Is that is that shoe gonna keep me up? Yeah, you know, you know, I'll be honest. So even if it's an easy hike, it doesn't matter. Easy, hard. I'm always wanting to have a good set of shoes because mm. full-time job. The last thing I want is like an incident I experienced was like I grabbed my old shoes. So now that I'm not adjusted to the old shoes, I ended up slipping. Mm -hmm. And before, like, if you're adjusted to a shoe, you kind of like, like that, like Dan said earlier, you know yourself, you know your, your body. And, and I wasn't ready for it. So when I went down, I sprained my wrist. Ooh. So now coming to work, you know, with the injury and then like, man, I need my hands. Mm -hmm. So from then on, it's like, it didn't matter how easy the hike was. Everybody turns around like, wow, Reed, is this a hard hike? I'm like, no, it's not. And like, I'm all decked out, all geared up. And I'm like, for me, you know, safety is, is, is a must if I mm -hmm. want to continue my lifestyle, which is getting off work and hiking or getting off work and catching some sprints. Mm -hmm. I can't do any of that if one injury would sustain me. So get yourself a shoe. Get yourself a shoe. Reed, how, how uh, often would you say you're, you're out on the trails? Well, I mean, is this daily? It, I mean, what are, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, it, it all depends. Like, um, it really goes by my work schedule, but, um, and, and also by my body. So, if I'm just hiking, I usually hike every day. If I start Whoa. doing regular um, other stuff like cardio or, um, you know, um, other martial arts and stuff like that, then my body kind of like depletes. So, then I hike like every other day or 
but if um, there's there's days where I would sign leave for a month and I'd actually just hike day and night, just all day, come out at night and have dinner with my kids and repeat the next morning. And I do that for a month. You know, when I take leave, that's where you can find me, just hiking <laughs> all day, Mount all Schroeder. night. <laughs> yeah, and Mount, Sh well, Mount Schroeder, you know, I love to say it, it's a starter, you know. Like you, you can do Mount Schroeder in the morning and bang that out in 20 minutes. Then decide the rest of your day. Where people were like, no, one mountain and that's it, you know. I'm like, no, I'm going to start shorter with breakfast and then figure out where's my next hike. Because that, that mountain alone, it's not that difficult for experienced hikers, but that sense of getting up in 20 minutes and, and eat your breakfast and then say, what does the rest of the day look like? Shouldn't be that hard, right? If you think about it, because mm -hmm. you just climbed a mountain. Mm -hmm. So then all the other hikes coming back home, Tarzan and then hit ghost cave and just hit a bunch of hikes you know um back in COVID started i was averaging five to seven hikes a day and then that that was like taking groups because i gotta the, stop uh, you there did yeah. you just say five to seven hikes a day yeah that wasn't correct, a mistake yeah. okay no, it's not a mistake, and i'm no. while i while i've interrupted you um so i remember the first couple of times i did schroeder i did the uh, i did the I, I climbed to the top and like that was awesome i'm done though <laughs> yeah well honestly the shoes makes a difference yeah yeah because if you, if you think about every step you take without sliding. Mm -hmm. You actually get up there in 20 minutes with a few, uh, maybe three stops to take a breath and turn around and, in, and enjoy nature. Mm -hmm. But I've helped some hikers. Um, I think you get, I, I won't embarrass her, but I'll give her first name. Her name is Jess. Okay. So we actually got her down to 14 minutes up. And um, I think she could break that because I actually push my way up through the sword grass and she trailed behind me then I set her loose to see whether we can make a record hmm. and uh, I personally never wanted to set a record going up but I knew she was able to do it on Schroeder but all of that really makes a difference with the shoe okay because she she doesn't have to hold the sword grass she's just trailing up behind me while I'm trying to clear her way up and she's just getting ready to take off and once I set her out she's gone you know and we we enjoy breaking records together like I I want her just between us I say hey why don't we go break a record but it's all set for her to break it mm -hmm. and it, it really makes a difference with the shoes because now she's not holding the grass she's not holding the sword grass she's just controlling her breathing and going straight up saving it to to set out you know mm -hmm. and um, so yeah five to seven a day but COVID was mostly because Families could not go together. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I remember, man, when COVID first started, I set out 6 in the morning, take the first family, like uh, 7 o'clock, down to Sela, come back up, you know, two hours, two and a half hours, waiting my Jeep and wait for another family to show up because they couldn't hike together mm -hmm. because of the COVID restrictions. Mm -hmm. Take another one down, take them maybe to SETI this time, go all the way back, come back, and then I'm like heading home, got another family waiting, take them into Tarzan, and come back waiting for another one yeah and and it, it kind of like helped me too as well in a in a hard time you know to heal i needed mm -hmm. a lot of healing so hiking yeah it it, it does a lot for you nature can, and stuff can you go on with that about like healing because I've, I've seen you talk about that before and like uh yeah i think um, that can speak to a lot of people yeah you so i'm i'm no stranger to uh therapy i do promote therapy with therapists but even when i talk with my therapist at once upon a time when i was uh having therapy for depression and other issues in my life um, I didn't want to take meds so hiking actually pulled me away from the meds and um, but you know before the hiking it was martial arts so you you would have to always find something to lean on to pull you from the negativity mm -hmm. but I found that 
um, with martial arts, you still had to go to a gym or you still, I was an instructor, you still had to teach, you still had to have the discipline where hiking, you, you really, the only discipline was yourself. Was, can you get there? And if you get there, are you too tired? Can you get out? Everything was all amongst yourself. So you actually grew in a different way. You became stronger mentally, physically. And, and uh, with that said, it was easier for me now to reach out to people that um, needed help in, in regards to uh, mental wellness. And with, with martial arts and my, my background and stuff, it didn't really help me in that aspect to help others in, in that well-being area. With hiking, nature does 80, 90% of your work. Mm. The other 20, 15% is to make sure they get out safely, right? And, and choose the right words not to break the hiker. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, we mentioned Tanago earlier. It's a really easy hike, but for someone who's never been in the sun, mm-hmm. it's going to be a hard hike mm-hmm. because it's exposed. There's no shade. Yeah. So the, when I'm taking kids, the first thing to do is to distract them, talk out loud, play music, which um, play your speaker. Once you get them going and then the kids are, are laughing and enjoying it, then the sun becomes, it's not a factor anymore. Mm-hmm. But so it's all well-being. It, it, it comes back down to what nature can do for you, right? Especially if the sun is out, mosquitoes and some hikes, it's all mosquitoes. That's all part of nature. But if you distract them and they learn how to beat those adversaries, the heat, the mosquitoes, falling down, slipping, because of course they're gonna have a, they're not ready with their shoes. All of that is 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 mental well-being. And when they get out of the hike, you know what's the first thing they always say to me? Hmm. When's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> that tells me my job's mm-hmm. done, right? My job's done. Um, thank you, nature. I always thank mm-hmm. nature. You know, you mm-hmm. do the rest for me. I don't have to be a certified therapist. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to school for it. I just gotta make sure I know they're safe and how to get them safe. Once they hit the first hike and they say, uh, when's the next one? Then you start pushing them down to Southern Mountain Gear Mm -hmm. and say, go get your (laughs) gear. Because I can't take you really, I can't take you farther and I can't make you enjoy more without being safe. You got to have the long sleeves. It it really is nice to just have the shades for your eyes. Yeah, have have one place. Anybody ask me questions, like just go to SMG. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They'll they'll take care of you. It's so nice to have to to be able to do that. And like, so you're, you're t- we were talking, of, you were talking about kind of like, like healing and what it does for you. And uh, a- another kind of social benefit there of hiking that I like is, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I can be really socially awkward. Like if I'm in a, a room full of people, like, and we're all more, I guess, I don't know, like we don't know each other. I don't know anybody. Like that can be really hard for me. But like I can take but random strangers hiking and it's no problem because we have a thing to do. And, it, you know, it, it's a nice way to kind of, I guess bridge the gap if you have any kind of like social uh, trouble or anxiety or anything like that because everybody's united in trying to get to the destination and get home together. Uh, Dan, you, you and me have been hiking um, and um, we were, Reed's talking about doing hikes in like record times and stuff. When you and I went, there was none of that. <laughs> and that, was, that was my style of hiking for sure. We were trying to get there in a comfortable pace and just get back safe. Um, that was that was a really cool, interesting one. That was a bit hard. Like I'm not sure I could retrace our steps on that one. That was that took a good amount of navigation. So, how do you how do you, how did you do that? Like how did you navigate us through that? So, uh, so so Reed's when Reed's talking about uh, hiking, he's a lot of times it's it's you've got a fixed destination. You know, you're getting your work. You, 
hiking with friends and family, you're heading out to a destination, you're getting back. Um, for me personally, I like to do a lot more uh, like exploratory type of hiking, mm -hmm. where you know I, I mean, you know, you've been to most of the places in the book. Mm -hmm. Now, now I want to see what else the island has to offer. So, mm -hmm. so when I'm going out, oftentimes it's not on established trails, and it's just there's something out there maybe you want to get to, and and you're gonna look for everything on the way. You know, instead of just hiking down a river. Maybe you get up 10 feet off the bank on the right side and you, you're, you're looking and you're looking for caves and you're looking for different things. And, and that's kind of the type of hiking I really enjoy because mm -hmm. you start to find more and more things. And mm -hmm. once you find more unique things, then you can say, you know, then it's a new destination for, for the future. You know, um, a perfect example is uh, there's a, a, a place that some people call Lost Cave and and. You know, I've been out to Lost Cave, you know, a, a dozens of times before, but the last time I went out there, um, I think it was, was with we, you, Reed. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we, should, we, um, we should probably rename it to, like, Unlost or... <laughs> yeah, it's not like Lost un anymore. Unlost Pond and... <laughs> but, but we found, um, you know, we found a new cave that um, I don't know if anybody has ever found before. Um, it was actually a pretty, pretty neat little cave. Yeah. I think we, we, we called it the, the Mud Cave mud or something. Cave. And... Um, we found this really great monkey pod tree that you know, and, and it's fun to kind of name things as you go to, to help you to understand you know what specific tree you're talking about. And we named yeah. it the the Guela tree. The, oh, I was there the, when we named that. The, the grandmother yeah, tree. Yeah, right? I was there for that. So that was that's, <laughs> well, yeah. that's um, you know, that's a the first time any of us had seen that. First time we'd been there, but now it's it, it can be a destination, you know. So. That's that's really the the type of hiking I enjoy is just getting out and trying to find new things. So I, I love what, you know seeing social media posts of people who find a new sinkhole or mm -hmm. find a new cave or it just it's it's awesome yeah. because now I want to go see it. It's, you know? Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Ten years ago, I started like you know I I, I graduated high school, I moved to California, I came back like by myself. And I just started exploring like all the water, all the all the regular trails, let's say. And then, um, and back then, I remember it was it was uh, I, I was we rarely I rarely saw any locals, or maybe it's just the times and days I went. But I was mostly myself, my friends, and then like some military families and stuff. And now it's everybody's out there, and it's absolutely amazing. Um, and um, I, I think Reed, you wanted to talk a, a little bit about um, lo locals and or outsiders, as, as if we want to call them, uh, call people that or yeah, what, yeah. What, like um, that. And we're, we're just to, just to say, I, we don't mean I mean outsiders. Like you know, if you're not from here, like it's not meant in a bad way or anything. It's just let's say new people to the island. Let's say that. Well, even even a local like myself could be an outsider. Oh, interesting. You know, because okay. if I'm trespassing, I'm the outsider. Uh -huh. So you know, yes, I do want to elaborate on that. So. Like, I'll give an example. Um, we'll start with the, the age, meaning the guys that own the property. So the owners who used to own the property or probably passed away or moved on and gave their property up, when they allowed certain hikers like the boonie stompers, and not to mention the boonie stompers been around for 50 plus years, so per se they got permission to go through their property. But now that these owners passed away or there's a new owner or the uh, land is, is in limbo, um, the younger owners that are fighting for the land or so-called putting up signs, no trespassing, and we 
like the boonie stompers now are trying to establish with the new owners and and get friendly where like example dan is exploring he used to go in a certain area and i personally hike with dan and he's very respectful he'll get to know a any new owner and it changes uh in in gaps like i'd say estimated 20 years so you could be good with somebody but always check because the new owners or if the older owners pass away or they hand down the property or they sell it now you're dealing with a new owner and that's where the respect is lost yeah is these new properties uh no new owners come in and then we're passing through their property and they're like hey what are you doing but one thing i can share is that even if i am a local i still get told you're in private property mm -hmm. but the same way i explained it to you guys now is the same way i explained it to them hey i used to know your uncle or i used to know who used to own the property but is you know and it always starts with courtesy and being nice always be respectful to tell them i'm sorry i didn't know and where some outsiders they don't care they keep going through their property i know how many how many times i preach this story about please just be respectful and ask they're like oh we don't we don't have to ask that that's where it makes me feel like that's where the respect is lost mm -hmm. and and uh, if i could help anybody watching this smiles always work <laughs> my, my parents <laughs> yeah my, um, if if uh any female I'm with, I always say, hey, if you can smile and get a discount, so can guys. <laughs> so, um, yes, smile and a wave and speak to the landowner. Um, it goes a long way. Mm. And then, you know, with the, I don't want to get into the issues with the boundaries and stuff because I don't want, I'm not a lawyer. Mm -hmm. But um, there is ways you can get through properties. There is ways where owners tell you to get out and you can avoid it. But it really comes down to even if you know the law and you know how to get around it, you still should wave and smile because it really takes you farther than what a law can take you. Because they could really put up all the signs and they could make it hard for you. So an hour hike that used to get you there might take you three hours now because you have to go around it. So it's best to just get to know them. Th that's an interesting point. You know, there's, there's a, a lot of property and when you go out hiking even though even though you may know that this is an this is an easement or this is this is public property there's still people that you run across that say no this is this is private property or this is my family's land or 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 you know my family has owned this land for you know for for a hundred years so it's not it's one of those things where it's better to introduce yourself let them understand what you're trying to do. Let them know that you are not trashing the place. Let them know that you just want to explore and enjoy this, you know, this beautiful piece of property just like they also have the opportunity to. So it's, it's, it's not worth picking a fight about it. I mean, a, a perfect example is, um, is Mount Schroeder, actually. Mm -hmm. we, um, we did a, uh, a trail race that started in the bay in, in Humatic and went mm -hmm. uh, up the river. And then it went actually up Mount Schroeder to the peak Ooh. and then came back down as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. And one of, the, one of the landowners, we weren't cutting through his, his property, but he said, hey, you know, where are you guys going? What are you doing? And we said, well, we're going, you know, this, is, this is part of the route and this is part of the trail. And he said, well, this is my, you know, this is my family's property. But, it, it, but it, it, it wasn't. So it was one of those scenarios where 
we we explain what we're doing we explain that we're trying to get permission if you know if it is if it is their property we you know we're just trying to get everybody to enjoy this this really unique feature yeah i mean like whether whether it is private property or you're going around somebody's property nearby i think everybody just wants their family to feel safe right um, sure. They just want whoever's on the land to feel safe or just know people aren't going to burn their grass or or trespass or do anything illegal. Or and so, push their animals. Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, or push their animals, yeah. Or, um, and so, I, and I think a lot of the more popular trails, I'm, I mean, I can't speak for the landowners, but I could guess that there may be an acceptance that it's an established trail. And, you know, at the very minimum, just to show that respect, I sure. think goes a long way. As Reed said, show that smile, flash those pearly whites. <laughs> and that, and I'm sure that that'll get a long way. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes that can be an opportunity to find a different route mm. to a particular destination. Mm -hmm. um, example yeah. is um, the base of Mount Schroeder. There's a there's a neighborhood and there's a there's a particular landowner near up near the top who is is not really doesn't feel comfortable with people hiking even even right alongside his property. And and I can understand that. And but as a result, we found a couple new routes. Up and down Schroeder, a couple new ridges, a and, and now they've become the new go-to uh, hmm. hiking destinations. Yeah, yeah and, you know, back on that topic, what Dan was saying on the urban side, I call it urban Schroeder because um, the Boonie Stompers originally went up that way, and I'm pretty sure um, Dan's uh, history, he's been up that way. But this dude was very uncomfortable with us going up, and uh, one day I decided to go down that way, and he stops me, and. Um, we we had the long local talk, you know, mm -hmm. and then he offered me now to go in and leave my Jeep there mm -hmm. so that he knows I'm up there. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I didn't um, take the offer because there's so many ways to do Schroeder now. Mm -hmm. But with that said, just having that communication with him, mm -hmm. he was saying, if you leave your Jeep right there in that spot, and I don't care who's with you, as long as your Jeep, then I know it's you up there. Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of breaking that conversation mm -hmm. versus coming down the hill and he sees all of us like, what are you doing in my property? Mm -hmm. Now, like, we don't really know what are the boundaries to his property, but uh, like Dan said earlier, it's just not worth the fight, you mm -hmm. know? There's so many ways and it opens up different ways. Another thing about talking to landowners You'd be amazed because they'd be like, "Did you try that way?" Yeah. And we're like, yeah. "Oh, like, there's another way." Water? You guys yeah, want yeah. some? You guys want banana? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and guys, yeah. surprisingly, the landowners know several ways. Like, yeah. hey, mm -hmm. by the way, you can also do it this way. And, we're, and I'm like, I think the really? surprising thing ways? is it's that surprising. Yeah, <laughs> like they live and, there. Like yeah. they might have awesome tips and stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or they tell you about an, a falls they know that's nearby, and you're like, "Wow, let me go check it out." Now that or we're friends, cave. you know? Yes. I've no. spoken to a number of, of people, you know, just hiking down a road and saying, you know, people ask where I'm going and I tell them where I'm going and they said, oh, did you know about the cave that's, you know, right down there or have you been to, you know, something else and it's, and it opens up a, a whole bunch of other places to explore. It's, mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty neat. Hmm. Yeah. I, I want to talk about exploring since Dan has me mentioned it many times. Dan is a very well-known explorer and um, every time... <laughs> He says, hey, we were going to get a hike. I kind of have an idea of what's going on. <laughs> we're going to go look for something. So um, I, I'll share a story with uh, you guys on Dan. So, like, I'm not a cave guy. Everybody knows I'm not a cave really? guy. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm not a cave guy. <laughs> I love caves. Um, I grew up with my dad saying, I'm like, what's that? He's like, get away from there. Don't go in there. But anyway, we, we find this new cave, uh, and Dan uh, uh, named it Mutt Cave. And it was so funny because he decides to peek in. He's crawling in this little hole, and I'm like, man, I can't believe we're going in this cave. 
and we're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and he's like, so what, are you coming or what? And I have to hang my backpack. And I'm like, hold on, man, I got to make sure somebody finds us. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know where this is at. And it, so uh, safety rule on going in caves, you know, of course you want to bring your water. Uh, your cell phone ain't going to work in there, so mm. you got to bring your water, at least one bottle. So here I am taking out my one bottle of water because I don't know how long I'm going to be stuck in this cave if we just drop down. This is, I hang this is my, terrible. <laughs> I hang my backpack on, on, on a, where somebody can see it visually. I'm doing the safety. I get my phone, and I'm like, God, there's no reception. And I'm trying to send a pin, so I have this safe se send a pin to my guardians. I have a <laughs> private chat where my guardians know where to find me. <laughs> so I'm like doing everything I can and I'm looking at this hole that he, he's going in about maybe two feet by 18 inches and I'm like man he's going in there here I go one. so I go in with him and we, we find this cool cave and then we look up and Dan says hey there's like a you know what we call a skylight like there, there's a hole in the roof so <laughs> now we're gonna go find that hole so we end up coming out and uh, looking around and we found the uh, top looking down you know it was really cool right Dan yeah. cool, cool cave yeah <laughs> That's a story I want to share with uh, Dan because he loves to explore. Mm -hmm. uh, cave safely, yeah. uh, bring two lights, let people know where you're going. There's, <laughs> there's a lot to it. Yeah, uh, like, yeah thank you. I was going to say because like, you just dropped that in. You have a group chat with your guardians. I'm like, that's, you just dropped that in so sly, but that's a huge thing. Like Somebody needs to know where you're going. You know, and while we're on that subject, let's just cover some good general advice. Somebody needs to know where you're going. Always have enough water. Um, what else did you say? Bring two lights for caves. Yeah, bring two lights and, and some way to, to mark your way in and out. Mm -hmm. uh, don't leave garbage behind. Uh, if you find any um, uh, historically or archaeologically sensitive artifacts, um, leave them. Leave them. Don't touch them. Um, that applies to um, caves that, you know, during World War II, obviously. Or any there's hikes. Still, yeah. still a lot of uh, Japanese artifacts that can be found all over the island. But there's also other, you know, caves with pictographs and, 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 and pottery shards and all sorts of things. But mm -hmm. um, what, what else in terms of safety? You have these first aid kits here. They weigh like eight ounces. Yeah. Can you grab, <laughs> can you grab one of those right behind you? <laughs> yeah, any one of these. I mean, they, they come in different sizes. They're, they're pretty cool, but they're, they're basically ultralight kits, and they've just got everything you're going to need. Um, and it even tells you kind of how many people to, to anticipate. Uh, where does it say there? So group size, one to two people for one to four days of either, uh, you know, camping or, mm -hmm. or hiking. So, and then obviously we got like small ones here for, you know, just a single person, one person, multiple use. Mm -hmm. But something, having just a small one of these stashed in your pack, it's, it's absolutely the way to go. Yeah, and actually I would always recommend, you know, maybe get two and take one apart and like tear everything up, learn what they are so that in a real situation you're, you already know how to use them yeah. and like you don't have to f waste time figuring things out. You're able to just go straight at it. Um, if you're able to or everybody should be able to do, do a CPR and first aid class. Um, I, think, I think everybody should just do one of those no matter what your, what your activity is. If you're, even if you're not a hiker or any kind of outdoorsy person, something can ha somebody can fall in a parking lot and it'd be really good to have a competent person that can respond to that. But it, the, you know, that, it's doubly so um, when you're out you know, in nature, in the water, in the jungle. Um, what else do we have? Uh, we talked about, I guess, sun protection. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, long sleeve shirts here. Um, 
Southern Mountain Gear uh, long sleeve shirts. They also have the Guam Extreme Guam Cleanup, Cleanup Crew, Crew. Uh, <laughs> collaboration shirts, and those help us out with uh, like with things like the podcast and our and our uh, extreme cleanups and so on. But also they'll help you out with uh, mosquitoes, uh, sun protection, sword grass, um, uh, hats for more uh, sun protection. Um, like what uh, what other kind of good advice can we, we give people for safety? Well, I usually wear I myself wear tight usually wear tights and then mm. use just a, a pair of uh, thin shorts over the top of the tights. Mm -hmm. um, but we also recommend just shorts with long socks is another great way to, to avoid the sword grass or you know uh, some kind of a hiking pant. Yeah, I do that. I do that. I've, I'll do that too. So oftentimes I'll just go out in shorts. And uh, sometimes, like like I'm playing this video right now on the uh, backside of Schroeder on this knife edge, where it's a sheer drop on either side. You have about th two to two to four feet um, to walk on, and if you fall off of that, you're you're going down. And um, so this first time, I'm I'm wearing a uh, my trench mudder shirt with some gloves and some some sleeves that are just I don't know they're just sleeves by themselves I don't know what you basketball players wear them I don't know what they're yeah, called arms, arm sleeves arm yeah. sleeves yeah. yeah and then I'm just wearing shorts and that is the first and last time I just was on this place wearing shorts and then after this next time I went, went back I wore some leggings or tights whatever they're called with some shorts over it so I just felt like a tank I could just push through everything yeah for sure <laughs> and uh, not not be worried or at, at all um, about that kind of stuff I'm sure um, your shins were sliced up that day they were oh, <laughs> my knees actually oh yeah because like the knee is the first point of contact with the sword grass sure um and so, like, my knees just got cut up, and they were, like, scabbing for, like, like a week or two. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, and that's, I guess, also while we're on that note, try one very big reason to avoid getting scratches, aside from in general, is uh, lepto, leptospirosis. So um, if you have any kind of scratch or open wound or you drink mm -hmm. fresh water, um, there is it, is, is it bacterial or viral? It's a, I think it's bacterial infection. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it, it's some kind of infection where it will, like, it can easily put you in the hospital. I, I was in the hospital once for a, a week. I, um, I had uh, multiple organs kind of, like, almost failing, and uh, I had a temperature of, like, 105 degrees. Um, I couldn't eat. I mean, I could swallow food, no problem, but once I would avoid it, because once I would swallow food, it felt like like I don't know if people know what peristalsis is but like the the muscle contractions of your intestines um, and in my intestines it just felt dry so it felt like the food was just grinding its way through my guts and it was so painful so I, I didn't eat for, for days until I could uh, feel a little bit better so yeah there, there's a, a, a lot of uh, uh, safety uh, considerations that go in even into the simple hikes and um, I think the best advice is uh, either come stop in here Southern Mountain Gear and go with and go with somebody that um, that already knows where you're going and what you're doing, and then that's how you want to get started. If um, you know, and then you just keep up with that. Try some easier hikes, and try some medium difficulty hikes, and then try some harder hikes. And then when you feel in like a pro, then you can do these exploratory hikes. That's not on the trails. So we're kind of covering like the full <laughs> the full the full spectrum here. And I've never done a hike for time. <laughs> yeah. um, I or or maybe I've done one. Um, I can't remember why I did that though. But like then generally I'm not trying to break any records. Maybe I'll try to establish a record, but I'll never. Uh, I'm not trying to break it unless you want to. If that's your style. Uh, more people on the trail, the better, I would say. Um, ooh, any, 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 anything to add on to that, you guys? Um, no, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, actually, one thing that we've been talking about is kind of the difficulty of hikes. Mm -hmm. um, and 
We got Mount Tra we got the study seven coming up, but go keep going. Yeah, so I, I just want to kind of uh, j just briefly point out. So if you haven't seen this, this is the best tracks of Guam. This is uh, written by uh, uh, Dave Dave Lotz and his wife. Um, great book, and it's got you know probably 40 or 50 hikes in here, and they've got difficulty ratings. And the way they've kind of determined their difficulty rating is based on exposure, like Reed was talking about, your distance. Um, and then also kind of the elevation gain and loss, which it can play a big part. You might have a, a hike that only is, uh, you know, on, only a, a mile long hike, but if you're going up five or six feet, six, five or six hundred feet of elevation gain, it's a, a significantly different than, uh, you know, a mile on flat land. So, mm -hmm. um, so when we're talking about these hike levels, it's, it's kind of it, it, the average person, um, whether they would consider it easy, medium, difficult, or, or obviously um, even harder. So I want to elaborate also on what uh, Dan is explaining. So with the boonie stompers recently, we've encountered that um, the question in regards to difficult on the rating. And now that um, I'm in a position with to um, change and help our organization better on er every aspect. But Your organization we'll being the boonie stompers. The boonie stompers, yeah, correct. Of which you're a leader, yes. Yes. And um, recently we did... Um, Mount Sasalagwan to Tequilu, the loop, mm. but it, it was a pretty uh, hard hike. The sun exposure was so bad, and I mentioned to my other leaders that I want to start doing two to three of this type of hike where in the past we did it once a year. So we are going to start incorporating it three times out of the year, but on the difficult rating, per se rainy season, and it's raining all day for days, then it would be double because sure. they don't have the exposure of the sun but the days that we're going to do it on and it's a hot part of the season we would put triple difficult mm. so we kind of mm. give them an idea on the rating we, we also had a, a guy messaging um you know how can he base himself on the rating our ratings on difficulties are based upon the look of our hiker when they get out or us <laughs> yeah <laughs> really you know like you know like and it, some hikes we get out, and I'm like telling the other leaders, go, that, go back in the website and change the double to triple mm -hmm. difficult because it looks like we broke a lot of people. <laughs> and <laughs> and we, we want to fix that so the next time they do decide to come out, they're not like, you know, well, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Well, we put triple difficult. And the rumor now and the joke is I'm telling them, well, we need to start putting uh, death <laughs> you know, you go from triple difficult to death and, and with a funny, f a laughing face, like, please make sure this is what you want. Don't come out. And we do take, one thing about the boonie stompers, we always take first-time hikers. We don't have a rule that says we don't. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to make sure you come out safely. But we do have these beginner hikers that show up on a triple difficult. And I'm, I don't understand, you know, it, it's really hard. But... If if our job is to get them out safely, and we do, they are full bony stompers. They come back week after week. Yeah. So we know we did what we're supposed to do. Yeah. But I actually haven't been out with uh, with you guys on an organized bony stomper hike, but um, so I, things I've heard like you meet at a particular location at a particular time. I think there's a, a nominal fee, um, 
and I think you have like multiple guides. So if something goes wrong, you know, like you guys can handle that. Can you just talk about your that 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 aspect of it, just yeah. the organization of a particular day? Okay, so for you know, for decades they were meeting down in Aganya, and now we decided to try something new and meet at the trailhead. Mm. So um, we're it's still up for vote whether we're going to leave it at that. In the past, the founders have met at the trailhead, and the results ended up back to meeting in Aganya at, at a certain point. And there's pros and cons to it, but there's a $5 fee, and we do have a waiver, but our job still is to get you out. So whether you have the experience or not, um, I've incorporated more leaders into the boonie stompers and also uh, guiding and teaching them, not just because you know the trail, but how to read a hiker. You need, you need to read a hiker, whether they're breaking or not. Mm -hmm. And now we're like, passing out electrolytes where in the past you bring your own stuff, you bring your own water. So one of, one of the rules uh, we had in the boonie stompers... First stompers, timers, you uh, listening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of the rules we had in the boonie stompers was every leader had to carry a first aid kit. So now the new rule we've implemented is every leader had to carry two bottles of water. Hmm. And it, it's, it's not that we're giving out water, it's, it's a safety thing. We have to treat it like um, if somebody needs water, we, we have to help them. And uh, I know Erin uh, gave me a good tip, and she does it with her berserk hikes with the bag check. So we did vote on that, and it's still up in the air. Some of us don't want to check their bags. We just want to take the belief in good faith that they're going to bring their water. And most of the time when they do dehydrate, we find out they only brought two bottles of water, mm -hmm. three bottles, when we ask them to bring three liters. So it's really... It, it's really a struggle that we have in the boonie stompers, but in the end of, of every meeting and the end of every big hike that we took somebody out that needed rescue, it's always that final answer is, this is what we do. We're the boonie stompers. Um, we cater to the public. We cater to non-hikers. We, we do what we do best and um, help people get out. But we do, back to the, the plan, one of the plans I implemented was to incorporate more leaders and uh, a lead leads out and we break the group in parts, meaning whoever can f strong enough to follow that leader out, follow that leader. Whoever's the other half, stay back with several leaders. And then I or um, me or Aaron, so I'm the vice president, Aaron is the president. Either him or I will make the decision or both of us will stay back last, whether we come out in the dark and bring out the last of the hikers. But in the end of the day, we all get them out. And that's the safety plan we've incorporated was to spread the leaders up, uh, lead, middle, sweep. Mm -hmm. So the middle leaders have to be strong enough to bring the rest of the group out. And then the last is, is um, the sweep. So per se, I'm on front because it's a really long trail. If um, somebody's struggling in the back, I bump the middle leaders to the lead and I go back to sweep and I bump the sweep back to middle. And I just be the one to take them out. And because I know uh, we're going to elaborate on the, the guardians. So the guardians are the, um, the guys, it's um, five hunters on a private chat. Okay. So like Dan, I do explore, but I don't explore to find things. The only time I explore to find things is when I go with Dan. He, he's, <laughs> he wants to find something. So, uh, which is fine with me because he's like my buddy on finding things. But when I explore, it's more like I don't like the trail. So I want to go that way. So I do solo hikes to change the trail. So then I send pins out to my gardens. I'm about to change trail. Here's my high point. 
So they get that on a on a private chat, which is just us. On a, as soon as I break trail and I get to another destination where I'm looking at, I send the next pin. So if if I'm not hurt in an hour, then they start messaging me. Mm. So there's times where it, it got dark and I don't bring lights. I'm the worst safety guy for myself. Okay. But I can teach everybody safety. I think, I think we're all like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'll wear my Zoris, but you all must wear shoes, well, shoes or you're right? not coming. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in the middle. You know, it's 9 o'clock at night. They're all messaging me, hey, you okay? I'm like, yeah. Did you bring any light? Do you want to bring us light? Of course, I didn't bring my light. But when you know the trail so much and you kind of know how to read the mountain and you know how to read the canopies, you, you, I'm sure Dan knows that we don't need light. We, we just come out because we know what we're, you know, not because we know what we're doing, but because uh, we want to get home to our family. So no, we can I need, mind I need, just... I need uh, light. I want, light. Light. Oh, I want light. lights. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want lights. So. You, know, you, you, you have some lightweight um, like headlamps here that are pretty powerful. <laughs> we, we do. We actually brought in a whole separate line of waterproof headlamps just because the, the stuff, the water-resistant headlamps and stuff, we just found we were going through them too fast. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you're, you're swimming in the pools or, or, or out in the rain and... You know, you've taken apart those water-resistant headlamps, and mm -hmm. everything's all corroded on the inside. Mm -hmm. but, so we brought in a line of just purely waterproof headlamps, and they're they're great. I mean, especially if you're going to like uh, Pocket Caves or Marble Cave, rest is soul, mm -hmm. um, or um, you know the, any of the waterfalls. You know, you can you can bring the headlamp with you. You can go swim through the the falls, and and you don't have to worry about uh, it not working when you right. need it. I want to talk about that after the show because this is this is new to me. That sounds cool. We got about five minutes, uh, so yeah. Uh, if you have any, if we have any plugs we want to make, uh, now's the time. Did we cover everything you want to talk about, Reed? Yeah, you, yeah. you know everything on the safety mm -hmm. part. We know. we do um, we try to help everybody, but we're the worst when it comes to ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I got a really good light from Southern Mountain Gear. It's uh, fourteen hundred lumens, and that light is like the go-to light. I mean, mm -hmm. th though I do recklessly go in. And end up stuck in the dark I want to because I what, wasn't planning to stay I want to rephrase what you and what we've been saying. It's not that we're bad about ourselves. It's just that, and this is true. I'm not trying to change it, but like we're just way better when it comes to everybody else. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's really what it's about. It's like we know what we're capable of, but anybody else, we absolutely want to be safer. Um, it's like that. Some people say it's like you know, if you're the if you're the best at doing something in your team, then you're managing your team wrong, right? And so it's kind of the opposite of that. Like you know, if if um, you want to make sure everybody else is, is as safe as can be and, and knowing what you know and, and knowing what you're capable of and what you can do. Sorry, go, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so when I, when, I do, when I do recklessly go in, meaning I just want to go get lost, you know, I don't, I don't come prepared. I, 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 the only thing I got is my water and my electrolytes. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't got a that first is prepared aid kit. For some hikes, yeah. that's perfectly right. prepared for yeah. a lot of hikes. <laughs> to me, that's, that's well prepared. Just my water electrolytes. Uh -huh. I don't have my first aid kit. I don't have my light. But because I have a safety plan. Mm -hmm. So that's what we have mm -hmm. to incorporate to everybody else. You need a safety plan. My safety plan is I got guardians that mm -hmm. show up. You know, they've been bringing McDonald's. <laughs> so, uh, my guardians are is, is a blessing, but that is why I don't carry some of the stuff. But when I do the take friends to do a long trek, I do carry my light because yeah, you, you've told me before, like uh, you you'll stage water, like you'll do a hike multiple yes. times in the days leading up to a big hike, and you'll just stage water around. 
Yeah. And like, I imagine you can call your guard and he's like, Gina, Gina, I'm on, I'm like three miles above short Schroeder. Can, can you bring me a McDouble? No onions, K. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's another issue before we get off is, is not only knowing how to hike and knowing it, the ba the safest way to plan a trek is, is to stage. Mm -hmm. Staging water, um, also inquiring with other hikers that have the experience that, hey, this is my plan. I'm going to do this. Letting them know where you're going and what you're doing. So my guardians, when I do big treks, they already aware of my plans. Like they already are on the plan before the trekkers know. Meaning, I've already planned uh, three or four mountain hike in a, in the same day with the guardians, and this is my route. Then I send it out to the hikers and say, if you're going, you're going. You're not. You're not. So in other words, my safety plans already been activated. Mm. Can I just yeah. say, yeah, you have a Aaron, minute or two? Yeah, yeah. Well, Aaron is my guardian. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whenever I'm going out, she's, yeah. you know, she, she wants me to check in with her when I start on my trail. She wants to, you know, it, assuming there's signal, she wants me to, you know, send her a couple mm. pictures, proof of life. And, That's uh, couple power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Yeah, you want to take a minute or two? Uh, Anything else you want to say or I guess anything else you want to talk we haven't talked about in the store that's super critical or, or anything like that or I think we covered most of it um th there is we do have an elevation a virtual elevation challenge which is coming up the okay. fir first week of July um so it's um you come sign up in the shop and you're you can either sign up for the 14,000 or the 28,000 foot Yeah, you guys, you guys put on a lot of events. You have uh, 5K every uh, week. Uh, is it Tuesday nights? So, uh, Tuesday nights here at the park, uh, 5.45 show time, 6 o'clock sharp go time. Uh, we do a 5K here in Agania, and then we all go over to Carabao afterwards. Okay. Um, we do that every Tuesday. Um, then we try to host um, a couple events per month. Uh, we just did a couple of trail races, one with uh, APL Race Fiesta Weekend out at the racetrack. Uh, we did another one with the general fitness competition team. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's terrible. I'm sorry. No worries. <laughs> uh, with the general fitness competition team, we did a trail run. And then we've also got the Guam Extreme Adventure Races, uh, which we try to host three per, per year. Mm -hmm. And uh, the third one's coming up in the first week of August. Okay, yeah. Thank you, guys. And uh, just to close this out, so, um, yeah, we've been in this, and I haven't mentioned it yet, but, like, the most absolute incredible show of generosity uh, came from these guys right in here, Dan and Aaron uh, from Southern Mountain Gear, who, um, who are, became aware of uh, our efforts with the Guam Extreme Cleanup Crew and donated not just two climbing ropes, but two spools, <laughs> entire <laughs> spools of climbing ropes, and, and, a, and a check for uh, uh, like $2,100. So uh, that is going to do a lot of good, and that's going to have us do more cleanups and more cleanups that the, the, the public can come out to with uh, collaborations more with the Guam Boonie Stompers. We just did one with Polksai. We're going to be doing one with uh, Guam Overhang Club. Um, a couple others I can't talk about yet, but I'm super excited. I'll, I'll tell you after we, we get off of the air. Um, so thank you, Dan. Thank you, Erin. <laughs> <She's, laughs> we, we really appreciate what, what you're doing uh, for the island. It's, it's just incredible. So. You too. <laughs> All right. So uh, that wraps up this uh, episode of the Guam Guys Show. <laughs> uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thank you to my guests, Dan and uh, Reed over here and Erin over there uh, for, uh, for joining us. <laughs> We're at Southern Mountain Gear, and uh, it's, about to, it's about to blow up, you guys. <laughs> Local business Southern Mountain Gear has made a beyond generous donation in the value of $3,000. Off the day, look who we got donations here. We got two 
brand new spools of climbing rope, entire spools, I think like 300 feet each. My arms are getting tired just holding them, uh, donated by Southern Mountain Gear, so thank you guys very much for these. And a check, a check, and all this together is just beyond generous, way more than I could have expected or, or I could have asked for even, and I wouldn't even ask, but oh my god, I, I can't thank you enough. So yeah, please come down, Southern Mountain Gear support, you can buy Southern Mountain Gear, Guam Extreme Crew collaboration shirt, or Guam Extreme Crew shirt from any other three locations. But thank you, Southern Mountain Gear, thank you for everything.